excited about today. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a really really good day. God's got something special for you. I believe that. Um, what does He have for you? I don't know. That's up to you and Him. So uh, that's that's the beauty about our journey with Him. Um, I just want to point out one of the announcements that Garen uh, gave to us. I don't know how I'm supposed to follow those outtakes. Uh, there. Next Sunday is Baptism Sunday, Water Baptism Sunday. If you've never been baptized, um, the way I explain baptism is I believe that every person needs to make the decision themselves to be water baptized. Um, you know, I, and I think that it's, it, it's perfectly okay for uh, your parents to have decided uh, that you got baptized as a child. That's, that's fine. Uh, but at some point in our journey, at some point in our lives, um, our, our decisions need to so because of that, I believe that um, everyone needs to be water baptized. We do it um, by immersion. And uh, the reason we do that is it's a picture of what Jesus did for us on the cross and then being buried uh, into the tomb and put in a, a bottle of sulfur water and then coming back to life out of that tomb. So that's why we do baptism by immersion and not by sprinkling. And so, um, so that's, that's why we do that. Never been water baptized? You can sign up today for our water baptisms next Sunday. Um, just at our next steps uh, station on your way out the door, uh, or you can talk to me. You can email us at hello hello at refugegreen.church if you just don't want to talk to someone face to face and you just want to send an email going forward. You can do it not face to face. We understand we live in New York. It's cool. Um, we're not. We don't. We don't always like to talk to people being in New England. So uh, that, that's what they told me about New. I'm not sure that it's true. I, I, I talk to a lot of people that just don't talk to me, so that's that's what they told me. Anyway, um, today we're in part three of, uh, not part three, part seven of uh, our Summer at the Refuge uh, series, or um, it's not really a series, it's just a, a Summer at the Refuge. Um, believe it or not, this might be sad to some of you, uh, we have one more week of this Summer at the Refuge. That doesn't mean summer is over. You guys know that's true. Uh, that doesn't mean summer is over. It just means that we're going to start to get back to some structure in our Sunday mornings. Um, and we're going to start to do series again. And um, we're going to start on August 4th, which is the beginning of 21 days of prayer. So 21 days of prayer begins on August 4th. And it will go to August 24th. And if you've never been a part of our church during the 21 days of prayer, you're in for a treat. Uh, 21 days of prayer is, is a time for us to focus on God um, through prayer and fasting. In August, we don't emphasize fasting. Some of you, I would encourage you to, to maybe do a, a four-quarter fast or, or maybe do some sort. You may not for all 21 days, uh, not as intense as you do it in January. to 
realized at first how I was like, it's summertime. Where are all these people coming from? They're throwing off the ecosystem for crying out loud. And then I realized they're giving us money. So, uh, so thank you so much for, for visiting the great vacation land state of Maine. It's, it's beautiful. Uh, I, by the way, when, when uh, we chose Maine, I didn't know that it was called vacation land. We just knew that we wanted to, to come to a really cool area that, that God had called us to. And then I found out it was called Vacation Land, which is also really cool. Because if you're going to move to a place to start a church, you might as well go to where they call it Vacation Land, right? Sometimes in the wintertime, I get really uh, jealous of my friends that have started churches in Florida and California. And then God sends me a 107 degree heat index day and reminds me why I didn't start a church in Florida. People in Maine, um, people from Maine, what I've learned about it is, what I've learned about you in the last three years is that um, people from Maine have a very, um, they're very slow to trust you, when they, especially when you first move to Maine. Um, like, like, they find out that you're meeting in a school I gave it to you freely, you didn't have to earn it, and then when you when you earned it, it was it was gone. That's that's the type of person I am. I'm not saying that it's right. I'm just saying that that's that's who that's how God wired me. Um, my wife is not not like that. My wife is very slow to trust somebody. And then and then once you have her trust, like it's really hard to lose it. enough to say you like you like control you like control you, you're a control freak now now if you're looking at your neighbor and say your hand should be raised guess what you're probably a control freak too <laughs> so we like to control things but but today's message isn't isn't about controlling uh, today's message is about 
about trusting. And the reason I wanted to give a message during this this uh, series of, of Summer at the Refuge that we're going through is because uh, the reason why I want to talk about trust is because we say often that that faith is belief plus trust. So how do we define faith? God says without faith it is impossible to please him. But what does faith mean? And it's and, and the Bible also says that even even the devil and his angels believe in God. So what is it that separates us from God from from the devil and his angels if if they believe in God? Oftentimes when I'm I'm talking to people, they'll say, you know, I'm not religious, but I believe in God. Well, what separates those people from the devil and his angels that believe in God? Well, the factor is trust. Trust is the X factor. And so I felt like we we needed to, to spend some time talking about trust, not only that, but I know that there are some people in this room that are going through some circumstances in their lives, in your lives, that you could use that trust in God message. That's my life, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. I can always use a trust in God message, and so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Trust is the key component to our salvation. Without it, we're just like Satan and his angels. Trust is a key component. And so, this morning we look to Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, which is a, a passage of scripture that I learned as a child. When my parents wanted me to learn about trusting God, they said, Adam, memorize Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And in the Awana program at church, or whatever program it was at the time that I was in, I learned Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I learned, I, I owe um, a lot of my scripture memorization to a program called Awana, which is, um, which was a, a program that was, um, that's still going to this day, um, and, it's, and, it's, and it's great. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says this in the New, in the new International Version. It says, um, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Now, that's what the Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. But let me read it for you the way that we often, as human beings, read this verse. Trust the Lord with as much of your heart as you want to. And in some of your ways, not all of them, but some of them, Submit to him, and he will make your path straight, and he will make it all make sense. We want to just give him a little bit, and we want everything to be ironed out for us. But it's okay. It's not just with God that we that we act this way. It's with everything. We want to put in as little investment and get as much return as we can. We want to put in little investment and get mucho, mucho, mucho. We want the beach body without the exercise. Come on, somebody. We want the beach body without the diet. We want the riches without, without the work, the wealth without the work. 
just a get rich quick. We want we want it to be as little investment, as as easy as possible. Okay, that was pretty good. I'm good. Want the money without the manager, and it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. You say, "Let me, let me, let me stomp on some toes for a second. Can you get on your steel toe boots? Look at your neighbor. Say, I got on my steel toe boots. I'm good. All right. We will like a church on, or we will follow a church on Instagram." so that we can see what's going on there without having to step foot in the building. We will, we will follow a church on, on Facebook, but we won't serve the church and get our hands dirty. Or we won't show up. We, we'll follow it on Facebook, but we won't show up to be there. We'll go to church on Sunday but when it comes to that set up and tear down stuff, like, and I'm not saying that we need everybody to set up and tear down, of course. But we need some people in, the, in our kids' ministry to help teach our kids. And so we're willing to do just enough. And we want a maximum return. We'll give to the church, but that whole 10% of my income thing that God's been pleased about tithing, like, we're not going to touch that. That's a lot of money to me. I, I can't give 10%. I'll trust God with, with a little bit, but with what he asked me, that's going to cost me. And it... This isn't a message about, about tithing, or this isn't a message about serving. This is a message about trusting. And I have to, as, as the pastor of the Rescue Church, I have to make a connection for you. Because some of you think that you're doing enough. But God says, do you trust me? Do you trust me? And some of us think that we're doing enough and and we trust God. We think we trust him. We, we get it, God. We, we really do trust you. And God says, let's find out. Here's the circumstances of your life. I'm not going to trust you with the circumstances. But here's the circumstance of your life that you're going to have to trust me. It will make sense. You don't see the end. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not supposed to be able to see the end. That wouldn't require trust. If you can see the end, you would definitely trust. So I want to, I want to, I'm starting to preach before I, before I, like, preach before schedule is what I'm, what I, what I call it. Um, sorry, I, I, I uh, got ahead of myself. I want you to, Get out your phone and, 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 and make a note. That's the easiest way for some of you. You got a worship guide on your way in, and there's, there's, a, there's a note section on the back of it. I want you to get it out, and I want you to write this down. I want you to make a note in your, in your phone, do something, to just write down the section. Just write down, say, I don't fully trust God with, 
decision. I don't fully trust God with My blank, my blank would say the refuge church. I don't fully trust God with the refuge church. Ladies and gentlemen, for me, that's a lot broader than for you, because I'm the leader of this organization, the co-leader of this organization. But for me, it's hard to trust God with the church's finances. We're, by the way, the church is doing great financially, but it's hard still, even though, because we still have bills, we still meet in a school. It's hard to trust God that he's going to give us enough enough money to someday buy a building or build a building. How cool would it be for for Wyndham, Maine to have an amazing church someday with a community center for the build? Like, our community is wanting to build a community center. Let's build it for them, for crying out loud. But I have to trust God that he is able to do it. See, somewhere along the line, from moving from St. Louis to, to, to today, I've started, and it's not every day, I, I tell myself every Sunday that this isn't about me. It's not about me, but there are moments along the way where I've started to think that it actually has something to do with Pastor Harold. And it's in those moments that I lose my trust. It's just like Peter walking on the water. Peter starts walking on the water. Jesus calls him out of the boat. There's this, like, his disciples are in the boat, and they, they look out to the shore, and they see what looks to be a man standing on the water. And Peter looks out, and he knows it's Jesus. Like, he's like, that's my boy. I, I know him. And he looks out, and he goes, Jesus, if that is you, I want to come out there with you. And Jesus says, I'll do it. Come on out. And Peter starts walking on the water. And then all of a sudden, what does the Bible say? Peter starts sinking. Because he he started to think that it was him that was giving him the ability to walk on the water, but it was Jesus. And it's the exact same thing in my life. I start to think that this church actually has something to do with me. It doesn't. It doesn't. So, that's what I would write down. What would you write down? I've got good news for us. And that is that we are not the only people that struggle with trusting God. There's there's a whole bunch of them in the Bible. I want to point us out to this guy that actually says it in Mark chapter 9 today. 
In Mark chapter 9, verse 22 through 24, there's a story about a guy that brings his son that is possessed by a demon to Jesus. I love this passage, the whole whole chapter, because it actually teaches us about praying and fasting. Holy cow, I never went to the eighth grade like I just did there. Wow. I thought my voice was done doing stuff like that. So, Mark chapter 9, that's what I was saying. What he does is, is this man brings his, his child that's possessed by a demon, and, and we're going to read what he says. But before that, Jesus' disciples had tried to cast the demon out from the boy. He had tried to, 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 get, they had tried to get the demon out of him, but, but they couldn't do it. Until finally Jesus is able to do it, and, and, and the disciples are looking at Jesus going, how did you do that? What is wrong? And, and he looked at his disciples, and he said, you unbelieving and perverse generation. That's what he called them. And then he said, this kind only comes out by praying and fasting. And what that says, and what, what I've been taught, what that, what that teaches us, is that when he said, you unbelieving and perverse generation, he's saying that the way that you connect to God, he's saying, he said, disciples, you're too disconnected from God. And you're too connected to the world. That's what unbelieving and perverse meant. And then he says, the way that we combat that, the way that we get rid of that, the remedy is praying and fasting. So the way that we connect to God is by praying. And the way that we disconnect from the world is from fasting, is by fasting. And that's why we do them, to connect to God and disconnect from the world. That's why, that's why we do the detox from summer, because we, um, we need that disconnection from the world. But we need that rely, relying on God. And, and that's just... That's just a bonus teaching today. That has, that, that, I mean, we have to trust God to do those things, but, but that's just bonus. I won't even charge you for it, right? Um, verse 22. The man looks at Jesus and he says, it, is, it has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. This, he's telling Jesus how bad it is. This, this demon that my, that my boy has is trying to kill him. It's throwing him in the fire. It's throwing him in the water. And he can't swim. It's trying to kill him. He goes on and he says, but if you can. Ladies and gentlemen, how many times do we look up to God and say, God, if you can. If you can, if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, Jesus said. Every time that we look at God and we say, if you can, Jesus looks right back at us and says, if you can. What do you mean? Everything is possible for one who believes. And immediately the, boy, the boy's father explains 
catch it. I do believe, but help my unbelief. What? He believes, but help his unbelief. What is, what is he saying? This exchange has often intrigued me. You know why it's intrigued me? Because I know exactly what the guy's talking about. I do believe God. But help me in my unbelief. And what this teaches me, because, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus goes on and he heals people. And what it teaches me is that God is not afraid of my doubt. In fact, he welcomes it. Because it is in my doubt that God shows up. He wants us to trust him, and we need to trust him. It is a requirement, but in our doubt, he shows up. first trust him. I, I love the passage of scripture when Jesus said to the children, it's in, um, it's in Mark chapter 10, I believe. Mark chapter 10, we're not going to read it, but there's a story where Jesus says to let the, to come to him as a child comes to him. You know the thing I love about kids? I don't have to prove myself to kids. They trust me. I'm an adult. They're supposed to trust me. But they come to you with trust. Like, like it's, just, it's just who they are. They, under, they, like, they know that they can trust you. And I think salvation a lot of times is like that. Like, like when I said the prayer to receive Jesus, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. But I was glad I did. I didn't know all of it. To come to know Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, you don't have to know all of it. You don't have to have it all figured out. In fact, there's some of you, there's some of it that you can actually not believe. As long as you're willing to say, help me in my unbelief. You see, even though the man had doubt, he was open to God working in his doubt. Without him being being willing to say, help me. We can say, God, I trust you, but I don't believe you in this area. Is this a solid? No, I don't believe you in this area. But if it's a willing to be open and a willing to let him work in the doubt, I promise you, ladies and gentlemen, he will show up every time. Oftentimes, we say this. We say, God... Prove yourself to me, and then I will trust you. But that's not how God works. That's not what God wants. God wants us to trust him so that he can prove himself to us. God will not give you anything. God will not prove himself to you until you trust him. Just trust him. 
to prove himself to you in the area of your finances, give it to him. Give the area of your finances to him. Let him take care of it. Trust him. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. There are things that we don't understand. But submit your ways to him and all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. He will make it all make sense. That word submit to or, or in the translation that I, I learned, Word acknowledge is the Hebrew Hebrew word yada, y a d a, yada, and the word yada um, in Hebrew is the same word that is used in the book of Genesis when 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 God says that He created Adam and Eve, and Adam knew Eve, and Eve had children. That's the word yada. It's a disconnect in the English language once again. Like to, and, and the word yada is to be intimate with. There are some of you that I have an intimate friendship with. Like, like we know each other. We do life together. We share with one another. But not all of you. I can't do that with all of you. I wish I could. But to yadah means to be intimate with, to know them inside and out. Ladies and gentlemen, we have got to know God inside and out. We have got to get to know him in an intimate way. He wants to be intimate with us. And the way that we do that is at our tables, at our dinner tables, at our study tables, in our, at, our, at our desk. With the Bible open in the morning and, and seeking Him and learning to know Him and allowing that to change our lives. And then it's done on our knees through prayer and getting to know Him and talking to Him and, and, and seeking Him. That's how we're intimate with God. And, 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 and coming to church is a part of it. The reason you need to be here is because you need to be intimate with Him, you need His presence. Where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am also in the Bible. I want every part of God in my life. I don't want to miss any of it. I don't want to miss any of it. We have to get to know God. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm convinced that the reason we don't trust God is because we don't know Him. The reason we don't trust God is because we don't know him. We're not intimate with him. We don't do anything in our in our week 
to, to, to get closer to him, we just show up on Sunday. We just give him the parts that are easy. We have to be intimate with him. Ladies and gentlemen, at the Refuge Church, our, our mission is, is to show people that when they make Jesus their refuge, they never have to be overtaken by the storms of their life. The way we make Jesus our refuge is we become intimate with him. We know him inside and out. Because, ladies and gentlemen, there will come a storm someday that if you're not intimate with him now, you will be then because you won't get through it without him. And in those times, I want to be prepared to be, to be able to get through it. Because I want to stand a chance to get through the hardest part of my life. I must be intimate with God. I have to be. I have to. So our goal African impalas are um, animals that are from Africa. <laughs> like that. I'm smart. I tell you. I'm not, I'm not smart. African impalas are, are, are um, animals that have the ability to jump 10 feet high in 30 feet of water. Like, like 10 feet, 20 feet of water. Is, uh, like, it's what they're up to. 10 feet is the height of a basketball. can go to any zoo in America and you can find African impalas with this look right here holding them there. Why doesn't the African impala jump over the fence? Like they they can practically fly. The reason the African impala doesn't jump over the fence is because it is in their nature to not jump where they can't see that they will. If they can't see where their feet will where their feet will land, they don't do it. They don't jump. God in our lives oftentimes requires us to jump where we see we won't. And that's where he says, no, just trust me. I'll catch you. I won't just catch you, but I'll carry you. That's what trusting God looks like. Jumping where you can't see your feet will land. There are circumstances all across the room this morning. That God is saying to you, jump. And you're saying, but God, I can't see where my feet are going to be. I can't see that there's, that there's going to be something there. But he's saying, I got you. But you have to jump first. 
whatever it is that's holding you back from trusting in God today. I want to challenge you that when you find yourself able to get past it, God's word promises us God's goodness, God's love, and God's faithfulness. My dad, he was a, a pastor in the Midwest, always taught me. He used to always say this. He used to always say, Adam, God lets you down, you'll be the first one. He never lets us down. He never lets us down. He's faithful. In the book of Psalms, chapter 100, verse 45, it tells us, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever, and his faithfulness continues to all generations. But if we want to experience those three things, the requirement was to enter his gates with thanksgiving. And what that tells me today is that I have to be thankful to him and for him even when I can't see the end. Even when I can't see that he is able to be trusted. But if I can find a way to praise his name, and if I can find a way to give him thanks for the hard times, and in show me his goodness, he will show me his love, and he will show me his faithfulness. But I first have to trust him. If you're asking God, if you're wanting God to prove himself to you today, I want you to know this morning, he will not do it without trusting you. He won't. He won't. Because when God proves himself to me, I can't praise him enough. I don't know about you, but when God shows up here on Sunday morning, I go home and I go and I tell all my friends, you should have seen what happened at the refuge today. I can't, I can't praise God enough because he is good. Do me a favor, stand to your feet. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We're almost done. Your trust is the key that unlocks the goodness of God in your life. Your trust. It's, it's the key to your salvation. It's the key to your faith. It, it's the key to a lot of the things that some of you are looking for right now in this moment. Pastor Adam, I, I can't see. I can't see the end. 
God telling you to do? I had no idea when I looked to my wife and I said, honey, I think God wants us to start a church. I had no idea it would look like this. I had no idea that it would look like what it's become. I had no idea that it would look like where it's been, where it's going. Were there questions of what if we fail? You better believe. Were there questions of what if nobody shows up? You better believe. I don't know what God's plan is for all of you. But I do know that it includes trusting Him. But you see... Your trust looks different than my trust. Thank God. I am so thankful that that I don't have to trust God like someone that has cancer does. I am so thankful that I don't have to trust God for someone who like someone whose marriage is on the rocks. I'm so thankful that my trust is my trust. Your trust is your trust. That's why I had you write on your on the blank. What is it that you? Where is the point where you start to struggle to trust God? Some of you this morning, it may be trusting God with your soul. The Bible says that He did everything. teaches us that. It doesn't say that word for word, but it teaches us that. That God so loved the world that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. But you have to believe in him and belief is is belief plus trust that he will one day raise you from among the dead. He just loves you so much that he died for you. If there's anyone here this room that would like to know more about that, I'm going to be outside as you exit. Just come and talk to me about that. Let's talk about God, about Jesus dying for you. I'm not feeling led by the Spirit this morning to lead you into a prayer of salvation, which is not normal. Because I have a feeling there are things going on in this room that require to prove himself to us. And so we're going to stay right here in this moment. And whatever it is that you wrote down, I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that, that word. As I go to the Lord on your behalf. Father, I come before you. And I thank you for every person in this room. I thank you for this this moment of reflection. Father, I ask that every word that every person is thinking of right now would be removed in the name of Jesus. That it would be wiped away 
and that we would find a way to trust you so that so that you can prove yourself to you to us lord i expect many many miracles because of this moment right here people that will say pastor adam you talked about trusting god and i gave it to him and because of that i was able to do this and because of that god was able to do this in my life i believe that this is a moment of miracles god that you are going to do some mighty mighty things amongst us because of this moment father i trust you to provide the refuge with a building and god you have the ability to give us a building it's not about us and it's not about a building we do it for you no matter what but God this is a moment of miracles so God I pray that you would do miracles it's in Jesus name I pray if you have, if you want to talk to someone, there are people up here on, at, at the steps that would love to pray with you and love to help you give that to God. If you've never given Jesus your heart, stop by next steps and talk. Let's talk about giving Jesus your life. Would you do me a favor? Would you give God a hand clap of praise today? Come on. Come on.